Welcome to Entrepreneurship is a Marathon, a podcast about how you can grow a profit-producing, purpose-driven business without burnout. We don't need more people starting businesses. We need more people continuing. Each week, we'll deliver the latest and greatest tips, tricks, and strategies for you to revive, grow, and scale your business. Now, here's your host, consultant, professor, and the business defibrillator, Vanessa Zami. Good evening. Yes, so you are ready to reproduce in your business. You say, well, don't follow in the footsteps of that bad boss that you had. Tonight, we have a special guest joining us, an expert leadership coach, executive coach for women leaders. Yes, cultural development. This is Shayna Renee Hammond's specialty, especially with her trademark, the R3 method of leadership coaching, a spiritually inspired and research-based coaching methodology. We'll get into a little more of that tonight because you say that you're ready to delegate people. Yes. You're like, oh, I'm ready to have a few hires. I need some contractors. Maybe you're like, well, I need some interns. I just need somebody other than me to do my business. Well, let's put your leadership to the test on tonight's episode. We have mother, educator, and leadership coach expert, Shayna Renee Hammond. Yes, yes, yes. So Shayna Renee Hammond is a leadership and life coach who has coached and developed thousands of school and executive leaders within the education and nonprofit sectors for nearly 20 years, folks. Yes, she's coming at you with a wealth of knowledge and experience. Yes, with her coaching practice, Shayna Renee, Shayna Renee is dedicated to creating spaces, methods, and conditions for Black women in leadership to thrive. She earned a master's degree in the art of teaching from Johns Hopkins University and a master's of education degree from the National Louis University. She completed a certificate and leadership coaching program at Georgetown University. She is also a part-time faculty member at the University of Pennsylvania Graduate School of Education's Penn Literacy Network. So she speaks, breathes, in summary, Shana speaks, breathes, and lives leadership coaching, right? And when she isn't coaching, facilitating, or leading, Shana is enjoying quality time with her two children. Doesn't she look fabulous, folks? Judah and Joelle. <laughs> learning, she, or she's learning a new sport, or she's showing up for her tribe, or she's exploring a new venue for spiritual growth and renewal. So, applaud, applaud, yay! Yay, yay! Uh, <laughs> with that being said, Shana, tell us why leadership coaching? How did you get into it? And just all the things. Yeah. Yes, yes. So thank you, first of all, for that wonderful introduction and for having me. I got into leadership coaching on the other end as a client. I was a very young principal. I was actually a principal at 25. And I was um, sourced to coach. And she wasn't a former school leader. She even wasn't in the education field. So I was a little skeptical about, like, how can she really support me? If she doesn't really understand my context, what I'm stepping into, um, and I really needed support. But I trusted the process. I dove right in. And she just seemingly magically would ask the right questions at the right time um, and would unlock all these possibilities for me I hadn't thought of. Um, she listened to the patterns in my speech. She listened to the patterns in what I was sharing in terms of the different challenges I was you know, creating. Well, Oh, well, yes, creating, but also experiencing. Um, and she helped me interrupt some old patterns that I didn't even realize were apparent. Um, and that was my introduction to coaching. And it had a huge impact 
on my leadership, on my school. And I was like, huh, there's something to this method <laughs> that she was able to unlock this without having anything really to do or didn't have ex school leadership specific experience, but was able to unlock so much in me. Um, and so I fell in love with the methodology of coaching um, without knowing that I would actually step into that seat later, but that impact didn't leave me. Um, and ever since then, ev you know, after leaving the principalship, I have been coaching. I've been studying coaching. I've been coaching leaders. Of course, I was coaching leaders when I was a school leader as well. As well. Um, but there isn't really a methodology that I have seen that really allows people to have agency around their learning in that way um, and really change their mindset and not only kind of have a different course and set of different practices and strategies, but What's even more important than the strategies is really your mindset and how you think and the patterns of thinking. Um, and it's really through the coaching methodology, methodology that you're able to do that. Um, and so I've been in love with it ever since and um, been loving creating that same experience I had way back when for so many leaders since. I love it. I love it. And, you know, I even just love the, like the high level of it, right? For those who are also, perhaps you're also a service provider listening and watching us here tonight, right? But just the fact that Shana Renee, you know, not only does she speak and breathe leadership coaching, but she also was a, a client of someone else's, right? So she also, as she asked her clients to invest in her, she also invested in herself as well too, right? And she did that sort of practice what you preach. I love it. Um, but also just looking at, you know, how do you develop an even better experience for your clients. And I'm assuming that's what the R3 method was about. Tell us more about that. Yeah. Yes, the R3 method. The R's stand for rebirth, reset, and renew. So I've been coaching for many years now. So it's about 15 years later after that experience. Um, and I noticed, especially with the Black women executives, that I had that joy and honor of coaching through many different um, partnerships. Um, I noticed some patterns and I noticed some needs and some challenges, very similar ones. Um, and the first R stands for rebirth. So rebirth is all about getting really clear, crystal clear on who you are, what your purpose is, and what your zone of genius is. Um, a lot of us have been going really fast. We, you know, we're wearing several hats. We're starting businesses on the side. We're moms. We're caretakers. We're caregivers. Um, and sometimes we just get into the kind of routine of life. And I call it sleepwalking. Sometimes we can slip into sleepwalking and lose sight of who we are, lose sight of how much we've grown, lose sight of our big why, why we wake up in the morning and do what we do. And so the rebirth process is really a calling in of exactly, and a, just a reset around, wait a second, who am I? What do I love to do? What is my zone of genius? What is my craft? What have I been honing for so many different years? And are those two things the same thing? Uh, and many times they're not, sometimes they are. And then what's my calling? What's that thing that I just can't shake? It just keeps following me. It scares me, but it just keeps showing up over and over and over. So surprise, surprise, my calling is leadership. And it's something that used to scare me, um, but it kept showing up no matter how small I tried to make myself, no matter how much I tried to hide, there was always a situation that called me to the front in some way, shape or form. And so the R is really the rebirth it's a set of questions um, and a process to really get down to exactly what is my purpose. Um, and within the Indigo Women community, we call it your JCC, your jam, your craft, and your calling. Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This show is made possible by listeners like you. 
thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. And then the second R is reset. So in any leadership capacity, any leadership position, you're inevitably going to have some setbacks. You're going to have some challenges. You're going to be called to level up in some way. Um, you're going to be called to learn about yourself um, and really stretch yourself. And so the reset piece is really about what do you do in those moments? How do you pivot? And so there are things we talk about like the PVT. P stands for power. V stands for voice. And the T stands for time. So how are you using your time? And so that's when we explore how are you positioning your voice? Maybe there's a different way or a different audience. You might need to shift your audience a bit. Um, what are your clients telling you? What are your staff members telling you? Um, exactly how do you may maybe need to shift it so that you're more rooted in your power um, and you're better able to channel your power, power? And the last R is renew. So renew is all about how do we sustain ourselves as leaders? And so now that you've gotten clear on who you are, what you're here to do, you've gotten clear about what you need to do um, and how you need to pivot when times get tough, what does it mean to sustain your role over a long period of time? So what are those self-care practices? Um, how might you need to shift your mindset such that self-care isn't just a set of practices that you do, but it's just how you roll. It's how you live your life. Um, it's just you know, you're seeking pleasure and thriving over, um, you know, maybe a concrete or tangible uh, outcome. Those we want those as well, but we also want to thrive and have fun while doing it. And so that's what Renew is all about. And so that's the R3 method. Um, been using it for years. Um, we use it very specifically and pointedly in our Indigo Women community um, and just excited to share more about it. Love it. Love it. Yes. So we got rebirth, reset and renew. So curious. So I know, Shana, when you describe the R3 method, something you say is that it's a spiritually based sort of methodology, right? Why is it important to incorporate the spiritual and leadership? Like, what is that about? Where did that come from? So yeah. So it comes from a deep belief. Um, that we are both spiritual beings and we're physical human beings, right? We're having a human experience. And the greatest leaders that, you know, we all admire, and there's a certain exercise I always do with different groups um, to really bring this to life, but we all kind of are led by people who make us feel welcomed, make us feel like we belong, make us um, really realize and step into the truth of who we are, the grandeur of who we are, a grander version of who we are. Um, it's kind of like Maya Angelou's quote. We may not always, you know, remember what people say or do, but we never, ever forget the way that people make us feel, right? It's those leaders that really embody that, um, that we aspire to, that we remember, um, and so it's really about making sure that people are tapping into their emotional intelligence. And one way to really tap into your emotional side, oftentimes our emotions are off, often impacted by our spiritual selves as well. Um, and some of us are more aware of it. Some of us um, have different practices that where we tap into our spirit self, or some people call it your true self. Um, but it's those leaders who really live integrated lives and have a very clear inner moral compass um, that's guiding their actions, that's guiding their, their decisions. Um, it's those people we trust, 
a little bit more. It's those people we follow and go above and beyond for. Um, and it's those people that are anchored. Um, I know for me personally, that's what anchors me. Oftentimes I get the question, how do you do it? How do you do what you do? And, um, you know, what really kind of centers you? And what centers me is my spiritual practice, um, is my awareness that it's really important to nurture that spirit side of myself. It's the first thing that came into this life. It's what I'm going to leave behind. Um, and so it's really important that I nurture it. Um, and so... I tend to attract leaders who have a very similar um, understanding and just way of being and um, and a way of and a way of leading. Um, and it's those leaders who are really interested in really building out all parts of themselves in a holistic way that tend to stay in leadership longer, tend to thrive um, and tend to have sustained results. I love that. And I'm going to type that somewhere, too. It's the leaders that are looking, that are willing to focus on all parts of themselves, right? And bring that with them. Mm -hmm. That succeed. Yes, absolutely. It is a holistic process and journey when it comes to leading others. And I'm I got time to write that down somewhere. So it's coming. <laughs> yes, indeed. So love it, love it, love it. So bring all the gems, bring all the gems. In terms of common pitfalls that you see in leadership, right? So what are those sort yeah. of ones when, you, when you're getting women in the Indigo Women program? But you've had a couple of cohorts already, right? In mm -hmm. the group coaching program. And what do you see are the, you to say like the top two degree common pitfalls or misconceptions or myths that people have when they join your program, you have to sort of, you have to like sort of tear it all down to build them back up again. What would you say those are? Yeah, I'd say the first one is probably overthinking slash over planning mm -hmm. um, and really not feeling like they're ready for the next level. They're not ready for the promotion. They're not ready to start their business. They're not kind of ready and having this very narrow definition of what ready even means and not realizing that they kind of, they made it up a lot of it <laughs> and made up these rules that really aren't realistic um, and really are fear-based. And so a lot of times what we're doing in the program is we're really uncovering what kind of decisions are made from fear and which kinds of decisions are made from a place of love. And so a common pitfall, especially for leaders who lead in very high stakes uh, sectors, or maybe they have large organizations and they have to move very quickly, oftentimes they're moving from a defensive fear stance. They're, you know, you know scared about what might happen. They're may maybe making a scarcity-based decision. Um, and they've just been doing it for so long, they don't realize it. And so oftentimes it's through the coaching process um, that they're able to kind of stop, pause, and really ask themselves questions like, who, who did say that that was the requirement for us to go in this direction or for me to level up in this way? Um, and oftentimes they've just spent so much time uh, preparing and thinking and not as much doing um, out of fear. And so that's it's a common, common <laughs> uh, pitfall and in entrepreneurship as well. Um, I know I personally fell into that in the beginning. I thought I had to have a clean, you know, crisp business plan before I went out there and got clients. And it was another entrepreneur who literally said to me, Shana, stop planning. <laughs> 
put the plan down and go get a client. He said, he was like, what makes a business? And I was like, I don't know, money, clients? Exactly. Go get one. <laughs> um, and so that was a big lesson. I would say the second one um, is not fully listening. Um, so something I often say is that the most important leadership skill is actually listening. It's those leaders who learn how to listen with their whole bodies, listen to various perspectives, invite various perspectives into the space that end up making the best decisions, and especially decisions that are going to have the best impact on who they're trying to, to serve at the end of the day. Um, and oftentimes, you know, and research tells us this, a lot of us overestimate how well we actually do listen um, and provide space again, because we're moving so quickly. And then we're, we're, when you combine not listening with overthinking and planning, um, and then, you, you know, you have decisions that you have to kind of walk back later. Um, so that tends to come up a lot, quite a bit. Want an in-depth business strategy class? Head on over to yourbusinessrevival.com and sign up for the next live class. Now, back to the show. Yeah, okay. listen with your whole body. What that reminds me of in terms of listening with your whole body is the is trusting your instinct, right? It's really right. like essentially like your whole body, your instinct is rooted in that whole body, your whole center. And so it's getting to that point where you can trust your entire instinct and where you you had that gut feeling for those who aren't familiar, the yeah. gut feeling that people say, listen to your gut, right? Yeah. It's trusting your instinct and it's really just listening with your whole body. If anything feels off, like where does it feel off and thinking about what does that mean and how does that then going to drive your next decision that you make? And when you have a certain, we have a sort of center clarity and confidence in what it is that you're doing and, and what is it you believe and you actively listen and you have all those senses all together, then you're able to then trust your whole body. You're able to listen to your full instinct, right? Other, on the opposite end, if you're sitting here like, I'm not sure about this, I'm not sure about that. Uh, can that person really do that work? Uh, like maybe I should do this and that. I mean, entrepreneurship becomes into play the shiny object syndrome or using perfection to you know keep you from actually moving forward in your business. Yeah. So you have all that stuff wrapped up in your brain it just blocks the instinct. It blocks the yeah. whole body listening that you can do. And so it's really like you have to get into that grounded center. Yeah. Something else I want to add too is that again, with trusting self, what happens with a lot of women um, that I've noticed, a lot of leaders in general, because they've been moving so fast, they've also lost sight of joy. They've lost sight of an understanding of even what brings them joy. And so we have a whole section around what I call joyfidence and how to really bring more joy in more intentional ways and allowing pleasure to actually lead you. Um, and so many of them, it's like, woo, pleasure. Like I haven't thought about pleasure and I don't know how long, right? Yeah. Um, and how do you do your work in more pleasurable ways and how do you do it from a place of joy? Um, and is that even possible? I get that all the time. Like, I didn't even think that was possible. <laughs> you know, I didn't think it was possible to really like look at my role in a different way and actually love it and come back. You know, a lot of women actually come in thinking, well, maybe I'm in the wrong role and then come out realizing I was looking at this role and myself in it from a dated perspective. And I wasn't looking at it through the lens of like, hold on, what is my jam? What brings me joy and how can I reposition and resituate how I do this role so that I can do it from a place of joy? 
And yeah. so I always say like, you can fake confidence, but you can't fake joy. And joy is infectious. And once you find that for yourself, you'll, you're going to find it, you know, really amplify your leadership. It does. It does indeed. I, that's why I was saying the business of happiness, right? Each one happy person is everyone else around them happy. Yes. That's what it comes down to. It's just, it's a, it's, it really is infectious. And uh, something else mm-hmm. that you had talked about really reminds me, the workshop I had mentioned that I did earlier today, where a big part of what I tell people, like and part of time management is really being selfish and mm-hmm. incorporating non-negotiables, I call them, into your day and into your yes. life. Whether it's something that you have to do every week, every quarter, every month that really satisfies you and brings you joy. And it was a question that someone had. They're like, well, how do you know what that should be? Right? Because that person was suffering from not knowing. And I was like, listen, like what brings you, you got to go back to what brings you joy, right? Think about the last time you were happy. What were you doing? Was it reading a book? Was it walking down the street? Right? Mm -hmm. Was it traveling somewhere else? Right? And I also even mentioned that a lot of times a pattern is that people will say, oh, I used to do a lot of this. I used to dance in in high school i took ballet classes and then in college i stopped i stopped when i went to college to focus Mm -hmm. on my career i used to you know i used to write and paint but then i stopped because i decided to focus on my career in college and it's like that's the thing that brings you joy and you need to bring that back into your life (laughs) and to bring that back into your life some way somehow so that you can really tap into that at least during a day i remember when Mm-hmm. I was in the, in the corporate world. I was like, I took like classes in the Golden Gate Park. I did my whole mosaic thing. I even signed up for piano lessons. Well, else? I do some other stuff. Now as an entrepreneur, my non-negotiables are really just my nap, talking to people all day and really finding the time to have fun um, yep. in whatever it is that I do. And having fun to me because I like different things. Having fun to me means many different things. It's learning yep. something new. It's mm-hmm. you know hanging out with friends, positive friends. Life enriching friends. Yep. <laughs> um, different. Oh, yes, there is. So, yes, yes, yes. Love it, Lola. This is great. This is yeah. awesome. Um, and also here on the screen, so shaynarenee.com slash coaching. And check her out also on Instagram at the, the Shayna Renee. It's been popping up on your screen at the bottom here in the ticker um, or on Facebook or on LinkedIn. And thank you to our amazing guest, Shayna Renee. This has been another wonderful episode of Entrepreneurship is a Marathon. And chat with you soon. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thanks for joining us this week on Entrepreneurship is a Marathon. Make sure you subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd greatly appreciate a rating. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about this episode, we'd appreciate that too. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday morning during your commute from the kitchen to your laptop for new episodes. It's your time to revive, grow, and scale.